Hey, welcome back to Yokana's Vernacular with yours truly. This is the fourth episode of Yokana's Vernacular. I know it's been a while since coming, but we're back. I've had a little bit of a hefty semester, but no excuses today. We've got a wonderful and awesome guest in the studio today. Her name is Bria Turner. Welcome yourself, Bria. Hello, I'm Bria Turner. <laughs> She is a LSU graduate student of last semester, and she's pretty awesome. And she's going to join us today to talk about five cool topics that we have, and that's pretty much what Yokana's Vernacular does. We talk about five topics that I feel are maybe under-discussed or maybe over-discussed or maybe not discussed in the right orient for the most. Anyways, our guest today is an LSU grad. She's 21. She's working, and she's got all the same types of views that I feel that our listeners need to know about. So jumping right in, we're going to talk about Shonda Rhimes and how she was viewed by New York Times um, columnist Alessandra Stanley and her two different um, pieces that are coming out. What what seasons are coming out, Bria? Could you share on that? Shonda Rhimes shows. Yes. Okay, so next week is the series premiere of How to Get Away, How to Get Away with Murder, starring Viola Davis, and then Scandal premieres. Uh, I can't remember. I think it's season four premieres. Uh, You're probably Starring right, yes. Carrie Washington, and also Grey's Anatomy comes back. Shonda Rhimes also is the creator, writer, producer, one woman phenomenon behind that show as well. So she basically owns. Thursday nights on ABC. Awesome. Alessandra mm-hmm. decided to write a column about how Viola Davis's character and Kerry Washington's character reflect Shonda Rhimes as an angry black woman, and that's the best way to just sum up that whole that whole article. Yes, in the article we're looking at says how to get away with being an angry black woman, and. Listeners, you should know, these are two angry black women discussing this, you know, just want to put that in there. We personally, as PR students in the making and PR graduate, should think that Shonda Rhimes actually retaliated with this via social media, via um, other columns that she talked to other reporters and had, you know, published with Washington Post, other, um, you know, stories go on and how she handled it. How do you feel that she handled the response to this one reporter? I think she handled it in the right way. She was able to, can you read the tweets? Because it was actually pretty beautiful. She was able to give her point across and say how she feels and also bring up the point that she created Grey's Anatomy, but no one had to say anything about Shonda Rhimes reflecting her angry black womanness being writing and creating a character like Meredith Grey or all the other dramatic people on those shows. So I think she handled it in the right way. And Okay, so we have them right here. First one says, Confused why New York Times critic doesn't know why identity of creator, all caps, of show she's reviewing. Then you have her tag says, Did you know you were an angry black woman? She pretty much is, and it, that was retweeted about 1,700 times. She also says, apparently we can't be angry black women together because I didn't know I was one either. And she, she just goes on to say, final thing, then I'm going to do some yoga. How come I'm not an angry black woman the many times Meredith or Addison rants? New York Times. Kerry Washington also, you know, put a little message out there. Dear New York Times, she puts a column out from Slate and one from Vox. She said, you're welcome. Love, K-Dub. 
puts a little picture <laughs> in there. So Sarah Condeser also puts one out. Rachel Simon puts one out. So you've got a lot of people supporting Shonda. Also, uh, Black Girl Nerds is the account I follow, and they have their own website. They created a hashtag, hashtag if I wasn't angrily. The hashtag was hashtag I wasn't angry black woman, and they showed their examples of when they were quote-unquote angry black women, and that was pretty interesting. I had a few, but I didn't share my own. <laughs> good to hear, good to hear. Um, so for the most part, she handled her PR situation well. Is Do you think there was a way that could have been you know, inappropriate to handle it or even to not, um, you know, not respond? Because she does have a lot of stands or fans, you know. To not respond gives New York Times the right to do stuff like this over and over. And nobody ever checks them on it because they're the New York Times or even when Vogue had that article, nobody really checks them on their stuff. And for her to be so well-known and so well-established and accomplished, it's a good thing for her to say that. So other people can realize, oh, this is not okay. Just one more question. I don't watch, you know, either of these shows and the other show that's coming out, How to Get Away with Murder. Nobody's watched this yet, right? We only know about a preview that's come out. Mm -hmm. um, Scandal, we've seen a few seasons of it. In either of these, is the woman, the, fe the, the, the main female character, you know, just angry and black? Is, is, she, is, is, that, is, that, is, that, her, is that her main motive? Is, is no, that what she does? No, it's I'm, the fact that they're strong and they do what they want. And they're like they're in a leadership role. They're in charge. Carrie Washington. We haven't seen How to Get Away with Murder because it hasn't premiered. But yet. the preview. But Carrie Washington is even. I actually seen a preview of How to Get Away with Murder. She's a strong. She's in charge. She's a leader. And people just can't deal with the fact that it's a black woman doing that too. Okay, so strength and 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 anger. Gotcha. So two two different like adjectives. Whenever you don't take crap from someone, you're automatically angry. Boom. Exactly. We are angry. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let, let's let's keep moving. So we got another angry black woman who was tweeting. Her name is <laughs> Rihanna. You know, you might love her music. You know, she was or a, not. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> We're not gonna go there. But anyways, she was tweeting to um, news station CBS Sports. CBS Sports. She was tweeting to them because they played her music. Then they didn't want to play her music, and it was on and off. She used a little few explicitives. Then they just took her music off altogether. And. Mm -hmm. That wasn't very cool. How do you think you, she handled that you know, PR issue? Doesn't she have a PR person? I think, honestly, <laughs> there is, I think so many, I don't know if we talked about this, but the PR Mechanisms? strategy okay. that CBS Sports went, ha, did to handle the situation was wrong. And she had every right to come back and, and tell them they were wrong to do that. Pause. Do you think her PR people, her as in Rihanna's PR people, would have stepped in or said anything? No, because this is the way, even the way she curses is normal. That's the way she, she That's is. That's Rihanna. That's her personality, her brain, almost really. Okay. So she was able to comment on a serious issue at the time, basically her getting um, blamed for getting abused by Chris Brown, and then also tell them she's not going to take that. And then they took it off, and that's pretty much what she wanted. You can't use my name when it benefits you. Was that her being an angry black woman? No. And, you know, I don't even like Rihanna. Honestly, you know, she's not my, you know, Music favorite forte. person. I but you. I like the way she stood up for that. And I feel like people shouldn't be afraid to stand up for themselves just because of a stereotype that's going to be given to them. Deep. Okay, let's let's keep moving, you know, translating with that, you know, because of Rihanna and how that handled, that was that was because of Ray Rice and, you know, what he, you know, kind of did with that whole lovely scandal that's 
very populated in the news today. I was at walk-ons the other day with a lovely comrade of mine, and I saw it all over the TVs, all 35, you know, the TVs just talking about how Roger Goodell had a press conference and everything that was going on with the NFL. And Do you want to discuss that in, in any detail at all? or? My main opinion on the way this is handled, Roger, Roger Goodell is doing a terrible job. He is, even with the press conferences, press conferences where you put on this display of how much you, of what you want the people to think you care about or even pretend to care or give this, you know, you're supposed to have this big PR moment and put on the front and he didn't even try. First of all, he was almost 20 minutes late to the press conference. And then avoiding questions, that's all he did. But honestly, the whole thing, the whole all of the NFL and all the sponsors and all this stuff, they honestly really don't care about domestic violence. They care about people thinking they care about domestic violence by pulling their sponsorships or like sitting their players and all this stuff. But how many years has this been going on? Like how much time? All these all these reporters now tweeting about it. Like all these people that de- millions of people that deal with this like every day, they really don't care. There are there are many people that do care. But the NFL and their sponsors and all this stuff, they don't care. They just want the public to think they do. Okay. We're, we're not going to touch it too hard. You know, we're, we're not going to spend too much time with that. We're going to keep going to another, another topic that's kind of been in the, um, in the news, not too much, but it definitely needs to stay in the news. So that would be the Mike Brown case. Did you know that the shooter for Mike Brown was currently t- – being, um, you know, sharing his rendition um, in grand jury right now. No, I didn't. I didn't even know they even picked him up. <laughs> exactly. You know, Darren Wilson has actually given his testimony for a fourth time in maybe about the past two or three days. I pulled up a few different um, news news outlets that are actually, you know, sharing on it, but it's not televised. How do you feel about that? I actually only get my information from Twitter. Okay. So I never get, I never even get to watch the TV, but the fact that I've got even when all the it first happened, I got all my information from Twitter, and I'm exactly. always on Twitter now, and I still haven't seen anything, exactly. so that's pretty terrible. I did Google it, CNN, ABC, what have you. They do have stories on it, but why aren't they tweeting these stories? Exactly. Out? Why don't they have CNN updates on this stuff? Why why isn't this being covered? Why do you think this story is not even being televised? We we've had cases being televised before. Why don't you think this one is being televised? I really don't know. Maybe it's because, just my personal, you know, inflection, it's probably because it's, you know, just so wrong. <laughs> you know, just wrong. And for the most part, you know, we have we have parties that probably are at fault, and they're just trying to handle it, you know, on the side, and they shouldn't do that. I feel personally, you know, I know this is an interview, but personally, um, accountability is something that people need to take more seriously. And if you do something wrong, even if you are a police officer, if you are a lawyer, if you are a federal judge, read the news, that's another case right now, um, your, your case should be televised just like Casey Anthony's, just like any other person's, you know? If you do something wrong, we should have the right to see what's going on. I mean, do you feel that they deserve a little bit of respect as far as not having their case in the public? As a police officer? Not yes. at all. Not at all, because you know he did. You know he did, and you know that all the... If you if you followed all the ensuing quote unquote riots because it wasn't really riots, you see how the police officers try to cover up all this stuff, and you know that so there's no respect at all. So they shouldn't even deserve enough to have it, you know, put Mm-mm. 
out of the public's eye. Okay. And even if they weren't, it's just the fact that they're even police officers that it needs to be televised even more. Just because... They did something wrong and it needs yeah. to be that much more transparent. There doesn't mean... To the public. They can't hang behind, hide behind their badge she, or their shield real, and like all this stuff. Real. Question. Um, what are your thoughts on these um, mobile apps as far as police and these cameras on policemen? Just, just, just side question. You know, these are different things that people are trying to, you know, put together to be more safe. It is not going to work. You change. They need to change the way they think about people, certain people, and they need to change the way that they view people because they can take off this. They can turn off their phone. They can take these cameras off, and then they can still give their account and and people are going to believe them as a police officer over somebody else. So they need to change the way they think. And I don't know how that's going to happen, honestly, because it's deep-rooted. And a lot of these people learn this stuff at the age of 15 when I was telling you about the Confederate flag. Right. So they need to change the way they think. That's the only way we're going to survive. So yeah, the FBI and the CIA can't cover every app and, you know, watch every app. And they can't hide every case. I mean, did you hear about the one about the boy at Walmart who was mm-hmm. playing with the gun? Exactly. They, they he was playing with a toy. Yes. A toy sword. Oh, no, I, I thought it was a rifle. No, that's the account that the police gave. Oh. If we were talking about the same, we were talking about the same thing. And he, yeah. they talk about he shot him because he was lunging toward him. He's actually running away. Yeah, I think it might be the same, it might be the same case. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's bad. Okay, one more, one more question about, you know, Mike Brown and shootings. So we've got rappers and lyrics. So I don't know how your thoughts are on pop culture and rappers engaging in, you know, the no shoot and what have you. A lot of different artists have put out their own different, you know, music towards this. A lot of artists have also just gone out to Missouri and started, you know, helping. They don't even, you know, Instagram selfies or what have you. You just see pictures of them out there because that's how they feel towards a cause. Um, A lot of different artists have put out lyrics because they're the types of artists that will have audiences that will hear the message about, you know, not shooting and what have you. What are your thoughts on artists who have a song and an album one day that, you know, talk about guns, killing, violence, raping, and all this, and then the next day they have one that says, don't shoot, justice for Trayvon, and justice for Mike Brown? Okay. I think it's counterproductive to talk about killing and shooting and not caring about one person's life, whether they are another black man or any other person. And then- Purple, yellow, green, orange. Yes. But then it's okay to be angry. It's okay. I'm going to say this. It's okay to be angry about someone killing another person and a cop killing a young man just because, and especially if he's unarmed. But I think it doesn't make any sense to talk about killing one day in a certain type of killing that's different than the one you're talking about not being okay. Like, I know it's okay to be angry, but there's no, why are you talking about killing if you don't want people to get killed? Hmm. It's like saying, okay, I can talk bad about my sister, but you can't talk bad about her. It, but except to the, a very extreme level. <laughs> so no double standards? It's like, it's, it's just slightly different but it's still like I, I don't do agree with standard. it. I mean, you can't make fun of my brother, but I can. Yeah, that makes no sense. Like what what Kim Kardashian <laughs> apparently makes fun of her brother Rob and because he's fat or whatever. I don't know. But I just <laughs> I it's like a double. <laughs> I know it's a different situation, but I and I don't judge. Okay, I kind of do judge them for promoting killing all the time because they don't care. Okay, basically they don't care when somebody like all the people in Chicago are dying, all the people in New Orleans are dying from killing each other but they're going to care when Mike 
like Brown does. And I know you, 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 it's okay to care, but I just feel like you need to be worrying about this all the time. Not just when a white man kills a black man, but when black men kill black men too. Hmm. Okay. So maybe get a better perspective or you just do a little more reading, a little more thought. Just like think, just sit there and think about what's happening. Like care just about don't your... be surprised when we get frustrated about how your message comes out yeah. because you're not consistent. Like they need to care about yeah. people all the time and not just Okay. You can put out as many records as you want, but your audiences are going to be confused. Yes. <laughs> Word. Okay, from the 21-year-old perspective, what do you think people should know about the Mike Brown case or your your thoughts at the end of the day, two sentences, anything? I think they just need to realize that okay it's people are talking about it now but you need to do something even when nothing is being said like there's they oh, don't need so to protest only the day of it, that it happens okay. but just all I mean, the it's time it's out now so yeah like there issues like this happens all happen all the time and they just need to n- just not care for social media now just care all the time just because this affects people because it's like, trending on twitter okay. yeah Okay, we're going to move something a little closer to heart, a little closer to Middleton. Middleton. Literally closer to Middleton, you know, <laughs> LSU's campus. We're going to talk about a, one of a cool fraternity called Delta Kappa Epsilon, and they made it to Huffington Post. They made it to the Reveille, and not for good reasons. They made it to those, you know, outlets because of a few banners that they've put out, and this isn't the first time they've put banners up. They literally put banners up almost every home game, not this home game, actually. This was the first home game they didn't put banners up that, you know, have not exactly slurs, but somewhat of offensive phrases that are relevant to news, pop culture, what have you. The most recent one was talking about Michael Sam getting the D, what have you. Not too cool. Um, why are you bothered about that? Because they are a student organization. They live on campus. They represent LSU because whenever they're getting articles mm-hmm. it's the LSU chapter of DK mm-hmm. so they're they're even when last year when it happened they put out this fake apology about how they're they're sincerely like sorry and they won't you know they will try not to offend people again and then here we go again and they haven't been disciplined okay so let's give everyone who's not a LSU update on what what what's happening with DKE anyways um, Greek life pretty much did not sanction them. Greek Life made an agreement with them and said, as long as you guys don't, um, you know, put any more out, somehow you're not gonna be sanctioned, I guess. That, that, that's what the understanding is. And I guess they came to a unilateral conclusion, just, just like that. It's kind of weird and odd, but they're, they're not sanctioned. And technically, they're not at fault for, for any misconduct, which is really odd because look at I mean Huffington Post was able to pull up make like five or six different different banners that they had that were overly offensive I'm surprised they don't have banners about black people yet or about slavery or about women you know like you see these different um, stories on Huffington Post about how there's girls carrying um, mattresses you know from dorm rooms because you know there's just issues going on at different LSU campuses and then it happens at your own school and you're like holy smack how do you feel about that? You know, seeing your own school on a, on a national national media. I really don't have this attachment to like, you know, I want, how do I word this without being <laughs> offensive? But basically they did, they did something wrong. 
And whether it's LSU or not, they need to be, you know, cited for it. They need to be, they need to recognize that this is terrible, that they're, they need to recognize that it's terrible. They need to recognize that, okay, this may be just a historic Greek foundation and organization, but why can't they get in trouble like other people get in trouble for smaller things? At the end of the day, I don't understand what's cool about it. Like, in my notes, I circled the word why. <laughs> why? What is cool about this? What, what, what's cool about or what's funny about, about, about these slurs or, or these jokes? It's not a funny joke I at saw, all. I saw something on Facebook, and they were saying, these signs are meant to be funny, and there's so much more worse things happening on campus, like that one fraternity that, like, basically takes people's virginities in highlights their fraternity's house the, the color and I'm like oh okay so you're not the worst fraternity yeah so, so it's okay to still do wrong okay so mm -hmm. I'm not killing the girls so or raping the girls so it's okay whatever oh no 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 never mind I'm not gonna say that but yeah gotcha that's what they think gotcha no offense to Greek life but I feel like maybe your sanction policies might want to be a little bit stronger just to set the bar as far as what LSU wants to uphold you know especially if these are the ones that, you know, are going to be the brightest and the best and the ones that are going to represent student government. And these are the ones that are going to represent your faces and just just, just sliding that in there. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to spend too much time on there. We're going to spend it on one of our favorite upcoming movies that's going to be coming out in a month that both Bria and I will be in the theaters for, and that's called Dear White People. It's literally a film that's dedicated to trying to <laughs> enlighten, perhaps the masses about inconsistencies maybe on a college campus and maybe that age group about things that students go through as an African-American inconsistencies and how they try to achieve them. Could you maybe better explain what you thought or interpreted what this movie's gonna be about and how you're excited about it? I'm, I'm very interested. The main character, I told you, reminds me a lot of uh, Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne's character in uh, School Days, he's just like this militant, strong, crazy man. That he, while he had some some great points, there was also some points that he was just like overdoing it and kind of like he needs to just overdoing it and he kind of really needs to see like the other people's side that there's, there's no need to be angry all the time there's some things that aren't that bad so it kind of reminds me of that a lot it should be interesting I also like their PSAs on YouTube they're like maybe like 30 seconds to a minute long and they're, they're really interesting but I think it would be interesting to see how yeah they show like the inconsistencies but they also show like you know everything isn't that bad it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool because I saw they had kind of gave away a couple things in the trailer it was kind of really long synopsis more than a trailer so it should be interesting some fun characters are in there so Chris from Everybody Hates Chris is in there uh, I think one of the main characters from The Great Debaters is in there I can't remember her name but she's pretty awesome she'll be in there too Bria do you have a dear white people that you want to share with our audience Today? I don't. Okay. I don't. We, I wish I did. We won't we won't leave you with that. But for the most part, this was the the encompassing of Yokana's vernacular. Um, we thank Bria Turner for coming out tonight. Her Twitter handle is Bria Nicole Turn, and mm -hmm. so is her Instagram. Go ahead and follow and find her. You can stalk me if you like. Stalk her. She's a social media enthusiast and she loves 
ESPN and all the sports. No, not all ESPN. I love all sports. Okay, go ahead. Women's basketball is the greatest sport alive. Okay, continue. Okay, is there anything else you want to leave us with on that note, Bria? Oh, yes. I would like to tell the people, be yourself, love yourself, and have a great week. Cosine. And we're out.